You're listening to a podcast from Victory. As leaders, we must be mindful of the next generation. Learn more in week five of Rise and Fall. As the election day approaches and uh, the days after that, we pray and we hope that everybody keeps a cool head. Tingnan mo yung katabi mo, sabi mo, cool, relax. Okay. Everybody keeps a cool head and a sound mind. Uh, let's continue to demonstrate our trust in the Lord. No matter who wins, our trust is in the Lord. Amen? So no matter what the results uh, of the election, it's okay. Amen? God is in control. Okay lang ba yun? Lord, thank you. How does that feel? No? Medyo may, no, that's something that we need to resolve in our hearts, right? That God is really in control over our nation, no matter who wins our elections. Amen? We are about to wrap up a five-week uh, series on leadership entitled Rise and Fall. This is a series on, on leadership. The previous uh, weeks, we tackled uh, the first self-proclaimed king of Israel, that's Abimelech, and it is because of his personal sacrifices, so that's something that we can see in his life. Next was uh, King Saul. King Saul was the first king of Israel. God was king over Israel, but the people of Israel wanted a human king, and so God gave them uh, King Saul. Uh, But Saul exalted himself. He sacrificed more than he obeyed, and so that's why God had to replace him or remove the the blessing from him as king and replace him also with uh, King David. Now, David, King David, is one of the greatest or the greatest king of Israel. And the title given to David is, he is a man after God's own heart. Wow, can you imagine that title given by the Bible to David, a man after God's own heart. But in spite of that, David also sinned before God. And great is the sin of David, right? But greater is the grace of God. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. The grace of God is able to lift up David, restore David. That's something amazing that we can, that we can learn from the life of David. After David came King Solomon. King Solomon now is the wisest I don't know if he's the wisest man who ever lived, but the wisest king of Israel. God basically gave Solomon a blank check by saying, Solomon, what do you want me to give you? And so Solomon could have asked for wealth, but he asked for wisdom that he may rule God's people uh, rightfully. And because he asked for wisdom, God gave him wisdom and God gave Solomon wealth. But even if Solomon had so much wisdom, he also served God half-heartedly. So one foot is for God and the other foot is for other gods. And so because of that, God divided his kingdom. Right after the kingship or the rulership of Solomon, Israel was divided from the northern kingdom, which is Israel, and its capital is Samaria, and the southern kingdom, which is Judah, and its capital is Jerusalem. Today, we will talk about King Hezekiah. Can you say Hezekiah? If we ask kids church, if we ask the children and say, who is your favorite Bible character? And probably they will say, oh, David, or maybe Joshua, or maybe uh, Samson. But I think very few will say Hezekiah. Because little is known about King Hezekiah. 
King Hezekiah, he was the king of the southern kingdom of Israel. He was the king of Judah uh, in about uh, 726 BC. Today we will talk about this particular king, King Hezekiah. So would you join me now as we read from 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 12 to 19. If you have your Bibles with you, and can I also ask you to stand as we read uh, God's word this afternoon. From verse 12, at that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah welcomed them, and he showed them all his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his armory, and all that was found in his storehouses. There was nothing in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to Hezekiah and said to him, what did this man say, and from where did they come to you? And Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house, that which your fathers have stored up till this day, shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who shall be born to you shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not if there will be peace and security in my days? Let us all pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. Lord, enlighten our hearts. Allow us, Lord God, to learn from the life of King Hezekiah. And Lord, bless us, Lord God, uh, in such a way that we may lead lives that would give glory and honor to your name. Bless the preaching of your word now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For us to truly appreciate and understand the life of King Hezekiah, we need to um, review the previous chapters what we read was 2 Kings chapter 20, but we need to review uh, from chapter 18, 19, and 20. And there we will learn how Hezekiah rose into power, how Hezekiah became king. So the first up is the rise of King Hezekiah. So the, the life of King Hezekiah really is, uh, his rise is number one, he is prospered. Say with me, prospered. He was delivered. Say with me, delivered, and he was healed. So we will look at these uh, uh, events, significant events in the life of Hezekiah, and we will see how God moved in his life. Now, let's go to chapter 18, where it all started. Hezekiah became king and was prospered. Hezekiah was prospered, and right now this is his credentials. He became king at age 25. Who among us here, age 25 and below? 
Uy, umamin. All right, there you go. <laughs> there you go. At an early age, he was king over Judah. And he, he reigned for 29 years. Now, the kingship or the rulership of King Hezekiah, when he stepped into leadership, he initiated a reform. He initiated uh, a change in the whole land of, of, of Judah. And this is what he did. He destroyed the idols and reopened the temple courts for worship because the king that was before him, his father actually, King Ahaz, some say Ahaz, but King Ahaz uh, was an idolater and the whole Judah uh, is in sin and in wickedness. So upon his installation as king, he destroyed all the idols and restored temple worship. Hezekiah reinstated the priest and restored the feast of the Passover. Passover is very important for uh, the Jewish uh, culture. He honored the Lord because Hezekiah honored the Lord. There was great revival in the land of Judah. And so if you can imagine at 25 years old, he now becomes king and he now initiates change in the land. People uh, who are more advanced in his in age than him would say, you know, before your time, this is the way we do things. This is, way, this is the way we're accustomed to. And now you come here and now you're going to change things. He must have encountered that resistance. But, you know, Hezekiah says, sorry na lang. Change is on its way. And so, yeah, that's what he did. This here now is the resume of Hezekiah. Very good resume. These are his credentials, right? Now let's look at the biblical account on what the Bible says about Hezekiah. Reading from 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 3, it says, And he did what was right, say with me, what was right? In the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, had done. Verse 5 of the same chapter says, Hezekiah, he trusted in the Lord. Say with me, trusted in the Lord. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. What a biblical report. What a nice, solid, biblical report about the life of Hezekiah. Wouldn't anyone wish that the Bible would also say these things about you and about me? For example, rain did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Lord, thank you. And, or rain trusted in the Lord. And that's amazing. This is what you want, or this is what you know, at least I want, or maybe what you want, on your tombstone. On your tombstone, your capstone, when you know, it goes... Rain trusted in the Lord, or he did what was right in the sight of God. This is King Hezekiah. The Bible speaks about him. Another verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 20 to 21. Because Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, because Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. His trust was nowhere else but in God and in God alone. Because he trusted in the Lord, we read this account about Hezekiah. Hezekiah did throughout Judah doing what was good, say with me, good, and right, say with me, right, and faithful, say with me, faithful, 
good, right, and faithful before the Lord his God in everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands. He sought his God and worked wholeheartedly, and so he prospered. Amazing. We see some leadership insight here. People would like success. How many of us would like to be successful? Just raise your hands. How many of us would like to be prospered? I guess that's everybody, right? Who would say no to success and prosperity? That's why if you come up with an event, a seminar, or maybe a conference, and say, come to this seminar, we give you money-back guarantee that after this seminar, you will be successful, you will be prospered, wouldn't you go? People would go, right? But see, people are always on the run or, or, or catching or, or in pursuit of success and prosperity. But here, the Bible shows us the secret. The Bible shows us the key in the life of Hezekiah, how he was prospered. Basically, Hezekiah is a king that seeks God, amen, and works wholeheartedly. That was his formula, if quote-unquote formula. That was his formula of success. In his heart of hearts, he would seek God and he would work wholeheartedly. Now, if we say seek God, we're reminded of this verse, very familiar verse, found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Right? Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. So this was spoken by Jesus in the New Testament. But see, it has proven, God's word has been proven uh, the same steadfast and faithful even in the Old Testament, in the life of King Hezekiah. He sought God. Next is work, that we work wholeheartedly. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Work wholeheartedly as unto the Lord and not unto men. In whatever you do, work whole, wholeheartedly as unto the Lord and not unto men. I grew up uh, uh, in a Catholic school and uh, it's a Benedictine uh, <laughs> Alright. In, ben, in Benedictine, right? Uh, it says, Ora et labora, right? Prayer and work. So it's about seeking God and working wholeheartedly. Now this is a formula because of this, God prospered. Say we prospered Prospered Hezekiah. You want to be prospered by God in your heart of hearts? Then let's seek God and ask for God's grace that we may work wholeheartedly, diligently, with integrity, and let's work for the glory of God. An account of the prosperity of King Hezekiah. Second Chronicles 32, 27 to 29 says, And Hezekiah had very great, say with me, very great. Wow, hindi lang great, no? It's not only great, but the Bible says very great. Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made for himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of costly vessels, storehouses also for the yield of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of cattle and sheepfolds. He likewise provided cities, not just homes, 
not just houses, but cities for himself and flocks and herds in abundance. For God had given him very great possessions. Mahirap lang si Hezekiah, no? Kawawa naman, no? May kaya. Now, the thing is, biblical standard, if the Bible says very great, it means very great. Not just, uh, not just mediocre or not just uh, rich, but very great. And this was the prosperity that God gave Hezekiah because God, uh, because Hezekiah honored the Lord. So Hezekiah, number one, chapter 18, is a review of his life. He was prospered by God. A man who seeks God and a man who works wholeheartedly. Look at the person beside you. Look at the person beside you. Mo, parang ikaw lang yan, di ba? Just like you and me, right? We're blessed by God. Amen? Alright, next. Hezekiah was delivered. Let me give you um, uh, a background to this. The kingdom of Israel was divided into two. The north and also the south. At this time, the north or Israel was invaded by Assyria. Assyria was a world power, uh, the po- most powerful kingdom at that time. They already invaded the northern uh, part of Israel. The Israelites from that, from that kingdom were already in exile to Assyria. But here we find Hezekiah, the ruler of the southern kingdom. The ruler, the king of Judah, he stands up in his conviction and he defies Assyria and, and refuses to pay tribute. Assyrian army now descends upon uh, Judah and is now threatening to invade Judah. Assyrian army now cuts off the water supply that flows to the city. The reason behind that is that the strategy of the Assyrian uh, military force was to starve the people to starve uh, the people of Judah, and when they're weak and they're starving, that's the time they will attack. A Syrian high-ranking officer challenged the men of Judah. He challenged them, he taunted them, he threatened them, he mocked them, but the city, the men of Judah remained silent. Assyrians declared that they will soon fall, that there is no reward to their resistance. That resistance is futile and there are advantages to their submission. So this is Assyria now taunting them and and also challenging them. But the people of Judah, they remained silent. They did not reply. They did not respond. 2 Kings 18.36, in the midst of that, but the people were silent and answered him not a word. For the king's command was, do not answer him. The city of Judah, they were the silent men of Judah. They did not speak, right? They're the silent men. Not majority of them, but all of them kept silent, right? So they did not speak. Hezekiah prayed for deliverance. And then God answered him. God spoke through Isaiah and declared victory for Hezekiah. So this is the midst of the battle, clear and present danger. Uh, um, There's no other recourse. They don't know what to do. Hezekiah prayed and God answered. The angel of the Lord 
destroyed the Assyrian army. 185,000 soldiers were killed. And this is God responding to prayer. Amen? God not only listens to prayers, but God answers prayers. When we have no other recourse, when there's no plan B, there's nothing that we can do on our own. We can call upon God and we can depend on God. And here in the life of Hezekiah, we now learn, we now understand, we are now reminded that God answers prayers. The battle really is won in prayer. Amen? This is the account. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 34 to 35. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And that night, say with me, that night. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, can you say that with me, early in the morning? Behold, these were all dead bodies. There is deliverance in the morning. Amen? A Bible passage says, Weeping may last throughout the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? When we trust in the Lord, there is hope. There is strength. There is a morning. Lamentations says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. There is hope when you place your hope in God. Hezekiah placed his hope in the Lord. In fact, there's another verse. I just reminded of another verse. I just want to share. Isaiah chapter 40 says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. If you put your trust in God, God will renew your strength. You know what? It's such a historical event in the kingdom of Judah that even many scholars say that Psalm 46 was inspired by this historical account. Let me just read to you Psalm 46, verse 1, verse 4 and 5, and verse 10. It says there this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted upon the earth. Let's give God praise. Let's just give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Each one of us, we have our own story, just like Hezekiah. Maybe we have faced darkness before and we don't know what's going to happen. But you see, we can place our trust in God. And God says, be still and know that I am God. We can run to Him. He is our hiding place. He is our refuge, just like what Hezekiah did. Because we know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. I don't know what you're going through right now. Probably you're here, and I don't know if there are challenges that you are facing right now. And this could be the word of God for you. Be still, chillax, and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted upon the nation. Do you feel a little bit angsty because of the coming election? <laughs> Do you feel a little tense, little pressure? Kinakabahan ka ba? Ako medyo kinakabahan ako. Hindi ko alam eh. All we need to do is to put our trust in the Lord. Let's be still. He is the God of this nation. His name will be exalted upon our land. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Praise God. You see, our enemy trembles when we give our battles to the Lord. You seek God. You turn to Him. You rely on the power that is beyond you. It's the power of the Almighty God. When He says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. This is made available because of the grace of God. He fights our battles. He fought the battle for Hezekiah and he will fight and he continues to fight our battles. Amen? Next, Hezekiah healed. So we talked about Hezekiah being prospered, Hezekiah being delivered, and now Hezekiah being healed. The first part of chapter 20, it opens with the very first verse that says, Hezekiah is sick to the point of death. Hezekiah became sick to the point of death. Isaiah received instruction from the Lord and instructed Hezekiah to put his house in order. Oh, ayusin mo na yung bahay mo. Put it in order. Alright? Hezekiah cried, wept bitterly and prayed to God. God instructed Isaiah when he prayed, when he prayed, there was a turnaround and God instructed Isaiah to come back turn around to come back and declare healing to Hezekiah. Again, God answering prayer. God added 15 more years to Hezekiah as a result of that. Let's look at the account. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. It says, In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. Wow. Mamatay na siya. Who would like to have a leader that's uh, at the point of death? So, Hezekiah. He says he's at the point of death. Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord. Who was speaking? The Lord. Thus says the Lord. Set your house in order, for you shall die. You shall not recover. Wow. Now that's, that's something, right? The Lord says. The Lord says, Set your house in order, for you shall die. You shall not recover. Hezekiah prayed. If you look at the account, he turned to the wall. There's nothing there, and he prayed. And he prayed, he cried out to God and asked for God's mercy, pleaded for God's goodness. Lord, this is your will. Your will is you are just and you are right. I'm just pleading for your goodness. I'm pleading for mercy. You said your will says, I will surely die, but I'm just pleading for your goodness. And this is what happened. Palabas si Isaiah. After declaring to Hezekiah he's about to die, palabas na siya. Then the Lord, before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord. Who is the one speaking? The Lord. (laughs) Thus says the Lord. The Lord, the God of David, your father, for I have heard your 
prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. 15 years. Amazing. Thank you, Lord, for the extension. But the question is, if you had 15 years more or 15 years left, what would you do? What would you do if you had 15 more years to live? Iba-iba tayo ng answer, no? What I want to camp on here uh, is this, that we can always appeal to the goodness of God. We can ask for mercy. Yes, His judgments are right. His judgments are fair. He is a judge, God. But we can ask for mercy and appeal to His goodness. For mercy triumphs over judgment. Our God is a merciful God. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Let's just give God praise. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We could have been judged. We could have been judged by God. But of course, God showed mercy. This is the rise of Hezekiah as king over Judah. He was prospered. Say with me, prospered. He was delivered. Say with me, delivered. And he was healed. You see, he was blessed, right? Would you say that? Would you agree with me on that? That Hezekiah is living a blessed life. No? Sobra, sobrang blessing. Ang dami ng blessing. But you see, we also need to understand the fall of Hezekiah. Not just the rise, but there is a fall. What went wrong? In spite of all the blessings of God, in spite of the, the favor of God in the life of Hezekiah, still something went wrong. Again, look at the person beside you. Smile and smile. We are blessed by God. Amen? But many times, many times, in spite of the blessings of God in our lives, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, we still are prone to turn our hearts and disobey God. Let's look at the fall of Hezekiah. The fall of Hezekiah is because of three things. One, self-centeredness. Two, self-preservation. And three, short-sightedness. Let's look at self-centeredness. self-centered? So, took this out of the dictionary. It says, preoccupied with one's self and one's affairs. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 27 to 29 says this, He likewise provided cities for himself and flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very great possessions. I guess the key word here that I want to camp on is that he provided cities for himself. Not just for God's glory, not just for the people of Judah, but for himself. Yes, he became very rich, but he provided that for himself. He was self-centered. That's why it says in the next verse, And so in the matter of the envoys of the princes of Babylon, who had been sent to him to inquire about the sign that had been done in the land, God left him to himself in order to test him and to know what was in his heart. The envoys 
from Babylon wanted to know, wanted to learn about the signs in the land. They wanted to know about how God delivered him, how God prospered him, how God healed him. Because at this time, the reputation of Hezekiah was, was known uh, throughout the land. And so Babylon went there, Babylon went to him, visited him, and wanted to inquire what was this sign that is in the land. But what did he do? He just opened his storehouses. He boasts of his possessions and of his riches and of his strength instead of boasting in the Lord. Hezekiah boasts of his strength. Hezekiah boasted of his, of his wealth and of his riches. Hezekiah failed to give glory to God. He was self-centered. Sometimes success blinds us. All the blessings, the wonderful blessings of God, somehow, sometimes uh, it would blind us. Instead of us being thankful to God, we become entitled. This is what happened to Hezekiah. Next, Hezekiah's failure was also due to self-preservation or misplaced trust. Self-preservation, protection of, of one's self from harm or death. Taking into account verse 13 of 2 Kings chapter 20, it says, Hezekiah welcomed them and he showed them all his treasure house. The silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his armory, all that was found in his storehouses. There was nothing in the house, in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them, the Babylonian guests or visitors. Why? For he thought... Why not if there will be peace and security in my days? Many scholars agreed that the reason why Hezekiah showed all his treasures to Babylon is because he wanted to have an allegiance with Babylon. He wanted to have peace and security because of his partnership with this uh, kingdom, Babylon. What's interesting here is that God was providing him peace. God was providing him security. God was his fortress. God was his stronghold. God delivered him from the army, a big, a mighty kingdom, the Assyrians. But yet, he sought partnership or allegiance with another kingdom. He trusted. He did not trust in the ways of God, but he trusted in his own ways. Dumiskarte siya. Sa diskarte niya, tingin niya, ito, advantageous to. Little that he know that when he showed his treasures to Babylon, that it was Babylon who will get and invade his kingdom and Babylon will get all his treasures and even enslave his children. Second Kings chapter 19, verse 32 to 34, it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, this is the account of God protecting that God was his stronghold. He shall not come into the city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mount against it. For I, the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. God was his stronghold. God was Hezekiah's stronghold. God was Hezekiah's fortress. But he still would like to be sure, I guess, he partnered with the Babylonian army or kingdom. God should always be our refuge and our security. We need to put our whole trust in God. 
putting trust away from ourselves, away from what we can do, away from anything else, not our possessions, not our riches, not our strength, not our connections, but trusting in God and in God alone. Anything that takes the place of God is called an idol. God hates idolatry. We need to learn to put our trust in God and in God alone. There is no plan B. There is no other God. There is no other option but fully depending on God and on God alone. Short-sightedness. Lacking um, imagination or foresight. Let's read. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house, everything, he was very great in riches, very great in all possessions, everything that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and some of your own sons who shall be born to you shall be taken away, and they, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, For the word of the Lord that you, that you have spoken is good. Verbally he said. Hezekiah said, verbally, he said, Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you've spoken is good. But internally, his thoughts, for he thought, why not? Why not? If there will be peace and security in my days. Hezekiah had short-sightedness. He really did not care for the next generation. He really did not care about his people. He was just taking care of himself. As long as okay ako sa days ko, no issue, no problem. Interesting. When Hezekiah received the news of his death, he wept bitterly and cried out to God and appealed for God's goodness and God answered him. When Hezekiah was faced uh, with this news that his sons or the next generation will be taken away, he just accepted it. As that, he did not even pray. He says, why not? Look at the person beside you and say, why not? <laughs> why not? He didn't really care. He was not affected by this news. He was just concerned of himself. Hezekiah did not think of the next generation, a missed opportunity. Fifteen years was given to him. Fifteen years to set his house right. 15 years to disciple the next generation. 15 years to boast of the goodness of God. 15 years to tell the stories of how God prospered him, of how God delivered him, of how God healed him. 15 years to communicate God's goodness to the next generation. Here in Victory, we put a premium to the next generation. Even in, in one of our core values is family. And we always say, we do not sacrifice family at the altar of success. Even the altar of the success of ministry. We put family first, the next generation. We honor God, make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. Relationships are important. And God is the God of multi-generations. 
His name is to be honored not only in our generation, but in the generations to come. When you come across God referring to Himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, He would always say, I am the God of the generations. And in our lives right now, since we worship God, we bless God, we honor Him, and He says, the blessings of God is up to a thousand generations of those who love Him. Amen? Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. He is the God of multi-generations. So it is upon us to share, to communicate, to disciple the next generation of God's goodness. Let us not be short-sighted. Sweeping reforms are short-lived when little or no effort is given to preserve them for the future for the future. My question is this. When was the last time that you spoke to the next generation, probably your children, our children, or our nephews and nieces about the goodness of God? When was the last time that we shared to them the faithfulness of the Lord? One of the saddest verse in the Bible is found in Judges chapter 2, Verse 10. The background of this is when the generation of uh, Joshua and Caleb passed away and died, another generation rose up that did not know anything about God. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. That's sad. That's sad. Hezekiah, again, Hezekiah did not glorify God because he boasted of his riches instead of boasting of the goodness of God. Hezekiah did not trust in the Lord. He sought allegiance with Babylon. He did not trust in God's ways. Hezekiah failed to prepare the next generation. He was short-sighted. My main point would be this. Successful leadership glorifies God, trusts in His ways, and prepares the next generation. All of us are leaders here in this room, for God said we are the heads and not the tails. We lead our families, we lead uh, uh, our, our friends, even in, the, in businesses. As we end this series on leadership, Rise and Fall, we understand that Leaders are not perfect. Kings, CEOs, even pastors and people in authority. We took at the life of we, we took a notice of the life of Saul, David, Solomon, and now Hezekiah. We don't live perfect lives. We are flawed. But we can depend on God. We put our trust in God. In this coming election, tomorrow. We'll be voting our new president for this nation and new set of leaders for this nation. Nobody's perfect. Each one has a flaw. But in our heart of hearts, believe and trust in God. The mercies of God, the graces of God, and that God is good. He is in control. We place our trust in Him. Let's all pray. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that you are involved, that you are in control of our lives and also of our nation. Thank you, Lord God, 
Lord, we see, we depend, and we trust in your invisible hand that is holding this nation together. Lord, continue to bless this nation even tomorrow, Lord God, for our election. Lord, let your hand be upon Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao. Even in the precinct, in the, in the polling stations, whatever precinct that you'll be going to, to vote, can you just pray for that precinct right now in that area? Let there be peace of God in that place. Let there be orderly uh, 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 process of election. And let our votes count. And let it be for the glory and the honor of God. Lord, we thank you. Once more, we declare, Pinagpala ang bayan na ang Diyos ay ang Panginoon. This nation belongs to you, Lord. You are the Lord of the Philippines. Glorify your name upon this land, Lord. We lift, this, we lift up this land unto you. And we thank you, Lord God, that in this land, the name of Jesus will continue to be exalted and be glorified. Thank you, Lord. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Let's give God praise. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. We hope it blesses and inspires you to honor God and make disciples. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app for free on the iTunes Store or Google Play. If you would like to share a story of God's faithfulness in your life, please visit victory.org.ph slash mystory.